0: What's up everybody, it's Eric. Well, we need Kate and we need Leo, and we need them now. Hey guys, this is Joe. Tell her that you love her. you
1: got nothing to lose and you'll always regret it if you don't. I never told your mom enough. I should've told her every day because she was perfect every day. You've seen the films, kiddo. It ain't over till it's over.
0: Merry Christmas. The holiday season. It's the perfect time of year to find the one you love. Christmas is a time to do something about it. Like what? And tell them exactly how you feel. You've got nothing to lose and you'll always regret it if you don't. Don't let the holidays go by without love, actually. Hello? You're listening to Worth the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's new, Joe?
1: I was gonna actually text you. I, I, I did message you the other day about this. This is my final week of work until 2022, Eric. Oh, so I'm I'm oh. getting excited, man. Like my I'm getting I'm getting close to the end point, so I'm feeling pretty good.
0: <laughs> like Brie. Bree has three weeks off her. Oh, it's so nice. Christmas too. <laughs> yeah. Total joke of a job. <laughs> so I'm doing very good weeks, right now. <laughs> yeah. And she gets four weeks vacation. She gets like f- like pretty much a full week for Easter. I'm like, how do you you've got 53 weeks vacation in a 52 <laughs> week year? But yeah, good I'm doing for you guys. Something very happy so. for you.
1: Oh god, me too. So
0: how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I told you but I wanted to share it on the podcast as like a public service announcement. So I mentioned on last week's episode that I went to a, uh, like an expo for work and, you know, obviously COVID numbers are picking up again. And so I go, I go to the show and I'm wearing a mask because it's, there's going to be a lot of people there. And even though I'm vaccinated, I got my booster shot, whatever I'm like, just playing it safe, especially since I'm going to be seeing my parents for the holidays. I'm going to be seeing my wife's parents for the holidays. You know, my parents are older. My wife's parents are older. They're still very healthy people, but just trying to be safe, right? So, I wear the mask. A few comments, a few jabs from coworkers. I'm like, oh, you, you big baby wearing a mask. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. Also, I didn't tell anyone that I got the booster shot, but I heard from enough people how they weren't getting the booster shot, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know, free country. You got your other. They, they're all. They all got the first two shots got. So whatever, I'm not, I'm not gonna pick that fight, you know. We go out to dinner or go out to lunch with um, three other people. I went out to lunch with three other people. I was the only one that had my booster shot, and I believe I haven't gotten a full confirmation, but I believe everyone else at lunch got COVID. So <laughs> well done, that gang. <laughs> is, that is a time, and thankfully, I'm not. I don't wish bad things on anyone. They're all okay. They're all. They all just basically got pretty sick, but. Um, if that's not a commercial for the booster shot, I don't know what is because I was wearing a mask during the whole show, but at lunch I wasn't because I was having lunch and I was sitting in between people that all got COVID and I didn't, and I believe I'm the only one that had their booster shot. So again, don't want to turn into a political podcast because it's not even about politics. It's just about keeping people healthy. My advice would be to get your booster shot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that the fact that, you know, Uh, you know like the jabs wearing a mask in the end yep Yep. it seems like
0: who who got the last one choice right (laughs) right Right. and like i said i only say this because they're all okay they just got pretty sick but they're all none of them are hospitalized or anything but anyway to keep it light uh as far as what i've been watching i have to mention i've said this before in the podcast before i think my wife and i watch snl every we don't watch it on saturday night we watch it on sunday morning and Billie Eilish was the host last weekend. So I'm going to date this episode, but she was great. I kind of didn't know what to expect from her and she was hilarious. And then this weekend coming up, it's Paul Rudd. So pretty pumped about that. That's going to be a good one. And then um, shout out to another podcast, or I think they call it a podcast, but it's more of like a YouTube channel. The guys at real for real. So it was a real spelled out like movie, real, R E E L. And then four f-o-r and then real r-e-a-l <clears throat> they released a video comparing and kind of debating two movies that i love boys in the hood and menace's society i'm team boys in the hood all day but after um watching their video i was like i gotta watch boys in the hood so i watched that uh last night and yeah that's about it as far as what i've been watching what about you anything good anything new
1: as I mentioned last week, the Christmas binge continues. I watched some real duds. I watched uh, Deck the Halls. Watch
0: Mixed Nuts?
1: <laughs> Mixed Nuts is actually not that bad compared to Deck the Halls. So let's <laughs> move with our uh, Matthew Broderick and Dave DeVito. Boy, that was a swing pile of doo-doo. Watched that. <laughs> and I watched... Uh, I mentioned... So last year, Eric and I had like, this little brief list of things in the beginning. One of my favorites was the um, I mentioned the Flintstone's Christmas special and the um Hey Arnold Christmas Special. I watched the Hey Arnold special uh, the other night, and that is still so well done. It feels like it should be made for like more of like the adult side of things. The fact that's it was a kid's episode is incredible.
0: Hey so- Arnold is there's two two Nickelodeon cartoons that I can judge someone's age on. And it's Hey Arnold and then SpongeBob. I <laughs> Towards the end of the age where you would be watching those shows, like I caught Hey Arnold towards the end, I liked it. SpongeBob though, I totally missed. So when people are like, "Oh, you see that SpongeBob (coughs) SpongeBob episode?" I'm like, "No," and they're like, "You didn't watch SpongeBob? It's so good!" I'm like, "I'm sure it is. I just, I've been just too old. I just missed it." So, yeah,
1: it's a it's 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 one of those episodes where I would feel. I feel pretty confident recommending someone who may not be wasn't a fan of hate or, or cartoons in general. That's like the show kind of like sell them on the idea of you know what the show is really about in the end. Uh, and it, it was a really good message. Nice. But yeah, so some Christmas specials, like I said, deck the halls. If you haven't seen it, don't. <laughs>
0: so. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so um today we're gonna be discussing. Uh, You guys heard the trailer um, and heard the quotes. We're going to be talking about Love Actually. This was kind of like a mutual pick, maybe a little bit more my pick, but kind of a mutual pick. We're looking to do more Christmas movies, and, and we're also in the process of kind of moving over to doing movies in the 2000s, the early 2000s, so this seemed like kind of the perfect fit. To go with it, I was drinking... I'm actually on my second beer. I was drinking a beer from Sam Adams called Old Fezziwig which it's good. But to be honest, I remember liking it more than I'm than I did this time, but I think that it's because it's like a once a year thing first of all and then they I don't think they made it last year or maybe a couple of years so I probably built it up in my mind while waiting for it the suspense just got to me, but it's good, don't get me wrong. And then now I'm drinking just Sam Adams Holiday White Ale. It used to be White Christmas, now it's Holiday White Ale. Steady, classic. I, li- I like it. I'm actually... Uh, Wait, did you say the, f- the first one
1: you mentioned? Is that a Christmas beer, as- a holiday beer as well? Or is that... A seasonal? It is. Thing? Okay.
0: Yeah, old Fezziwig. Okay. You can only get it in... in um. They, I think. I could be wrong. Well, I mean, obviously, you could probably get it at the brewery, but I only see it in stores as part of their like holiday 12-pack. So okay. Okay. That might be why I'm a little bit disappointed, too, because I kind of bought the 12-pack yeah. just to get Fezziwig because I, I really like it or I remember really liking it. Um but in it, it, it actually works out because some of the other stuff like they have a porter in there that I can't remember the name but it seems good. I'm actually stuff.
1: yeah I, I'm drinking on the biz that you gave me so I had a I had the Sam Adams you gave me in the harpoon and I'll tell yep. you right now I think I might like the harpoon a little bit more. I do too for, for the seasonal too. one. Oh do you yep. okay yeah yep. like I love Sam Adams and those and their winter ale is great. But this harpoon it was so good. Like I it's it's you can taste the flavor. They're pretty distinctive yeah. in the beer. It's really good. Yeah.
0: No, I, I'm a huge... I know it's, it's, it sounds like lame. It is probably... I know we have a couple of people that listen that are like <clears throat> like craft beer connoisseurs. And I know that, it, that that Sam Adams isn't that. But a few beers that I, I look forward to, and neither is Harpoon at this point. Right. But a few like big brewery beers that I look forward to every year, especially like a seasonal thing, Harpoon Winter Warmer, Sam Summer in the summer. I don't care what anyone says. I'll go to war for Sam Summer. I, like it's my it's when it's like ninety eight degrees out. There's not much I want more than that. But anyway, um, so what's your memory of this film, Joe? I just saw it in theaters. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I I remember the.
1: It was just uh, it, it was nice seeing a kind of high profile romantic movie around Christmas time with a lot of big actors. And a son who's always kind of liked romance. Almost
0: almost too many big eyes. <laughs> right. I, oh,
1: definitely. And I remember just being kind of like wild by that whole thing. And as a fan of romantic films and romantic comedies and everything, I was like, this, i like, it could be a nice feel good movie to see. And for the most part, it is, despite some really weird <laughs> character things in this movie. But yeah, it's a pretty good movie.
0: So my memory of this is that. Well, get, there's, there's a debate to this first thing I'm about to say, but I have actually never, I had never seen this movie. But That's I do right, remember, yeah. But I do remember one thing about it. And it may have resulted in that, what I remember is that it, it may have resulted in more crazy, like, customer service Karen moments while I was working in movie scene than any other movie. I don't think it came out Christmas time to, to rent, I mean. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think it came out, like, in the spring. But I remember several incidents of, like, middle-aged women asking us to hold this dvd or thinking that they did ask us or whatever and then coming in and screaming at people over it it's very strange not in the holiday spirit um i don't hold it against the movie but it, that's what i think of when i want to think of this movie is like rich middle-aged women yelling at me or my coworkers.
1: i'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on this film because watching it now is definitely has some cheese factor for sure
0: well so the first time you do a thing my wife swears that we watched this, but I'm 99% sure she watched it with her ex-boyfriend <laughs> or something because like rewatching this, I'm like, none of it seemed familiar. And there were actors in it that I, that I really like. And I would, I swear I would remember like, Oh yeah. So-and-so maybe I don't like the, this guy, but I, I really like that girl or whatever, but she swears we watched, but I think she's, she's crazy. So do you have any stats as far as how this one did financially? I do love actually came out on november 14th 2003
1: and had a budget between 40 and 45 million dollars making 246.8 million in the box office it was written and directed by richard curtis and before even knowing that you probably could have watched this movie and guessed pretty early on that it was him behind it other films he's been involved with as a writer are four weddings and a funeral nodding hill Bridget jones diary and a few others as both a writer and director, he's done this movie, *The Boat That Rocked*, and one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, *About Time*. Yep. He's also been involved with some TV, with the classic series *Mr. Bean* and the movie *Bean Holiday*, as well. Actually, *Casualty* and others. So he's been he's been around with a lot of success too. All of, of his movies are successful. So
0: definitely, he definitely has kind of the the template for this sort of movie, and yeah, he's nailed it. So. Critically, 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, <clears throat> 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert liked it a lot, three and a half stars. So, we're going to get into that a little bit later. I have a couple of quotes from his review that I'm going to bring up later. But, 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb is good. 64% on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good. So, it's thought of, I thought it would be higher on Rotten Tomatoes because I feel like everyone I know really likes this movie. But, um, it came out November of 2003. Some other movies are on theaters at that time. And this, as soon as I saw some of these movies, I was like, that's why I've never seen this movie. Because, so, Bad Santa, which I saw in theaters. And I was 17, 18 at this time. So, Bad Santa was more my speed than than this. Uh, Elf. Honey, with Jessica Alba. Old Boy. Master and Commander, which I think is super underrated. Matrix Revolutions. Uh, the Cooler, which is an underrated movie as well. Uh, Dr. Seuss's Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers. Gothica with Halle Berry. 21 grams. So pretty pretty decent month. I had also just graduated high school this month, and I just started working in movie scene probably wow. like three months before this. So yeah, early in my video rental career. Outside of theaters. Well, this is outside of theaters, but it involves TV. Arrested Development premiered on Fox. Now, totally outside of entertainment, well, at least outside of uh, movie and film, Grant Fuhrer and Pat LaFontaine are inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Lionel Messi made his debut for Barcelona. Britney Spears gets a star on the Hollywood Hawk Hall of Fame or Hollywood Walk of Fame, and she's the youngest singer ever at the time. That's probably been broken, I feel like now, between like Justin Bieber and, I mean, other people, I don't know that to be true, but at the time, she was the youngest singer to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So that's pretty cool. Go, Brittany. Do you have uh, a back of the DVD or back of the... Well, I guess it has to be DVD. Back of the DVD summary for this one? I do. So,
1: nine intertwined stories examine the complexities of one emotion that connects us all, love. Among these characters explored are David, the handsome newly elected British Prime Minister, who falls for a young junior staffer, Sarah, a graphic designer whose devotion to her mentally ill brother complicates her love life, and Harry. A married man tempted by his attractive new secretary.
0: So that's pretty good. I so it's interesting they chose
1: Sarah as one of people to put in the summary. Yeah. She has such a small role compared to the other two. And but even Colin
0: Firth's character, for example, who had a bigger role, I felt like. Well, that ties into what I was about to say. So I'm going to get into <clears throat> who people involved in this movie and what they were doing going into this movie. It's a long list, and as long as my list is, there's gonna be someone that you're like, oh, I, you didn't talk about this person. I had to cut it off at a certain point. I just started the whole podcast would be me listing, <laughs> listing someone's listing people's resumes. So you gave the director Richard Curtis's um, kind of track record already. You know, Four Wings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, etc., Bridget Jones's Diary. Uh, about time. I do have to say that watching the trailer for this. I rented this on Prime two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, and watching the trailer for this on Prime, it made me a little nervous, because the first 30 seconds of the trailer for this movie was listing out other movies. As you can see, my trailer, So when I chose my background,
1: Yeah, right. I thought I chose the wrong trailer first, when I was going into this meet.
0: <laughs> right, so I'm like, alright, you know, because like I said, I don't, if my wife says I've seen this movie before, I don't remember seeing it up until a couple days ago, so I'm trying to get sold on watching this the other day. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. You watched, like, you, you made those movies, but what, what about this one? So anyway, <clears throat> Hugh Grant, that's the one name that I was like, I definitely have to include and cue him. He plays David, like you said, the prime minister, Four Rings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Bridget jones Diary, About a Boy, Sense and Sensibility, Two Weeks Notice, Music and Lyrics, so pretty solid career. Um, and this is right in his wheelhouse, like romantic comedy, charming British guy, good-looking dude. Um, Emma Thompson as Karen. This is some of the names that I chose to leave out, or I should say chose to mention, I felt like I had to mention because of award nomination. So Emma Thompson has two Academy Awards, two Gold Globes, uh, an Emmy, just a crazy career. She was in Howard's End, The Remains of the Day, In the Name of the Father, Sense and Sensibility, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, the Harry Potter series, Angels in America, Danny McPhee, Stranger Than Fiction, and a million more, and like I said, Two Academy Awards, two Golden Globes. Just she's if you name it, she's done it. Just total legend. Uh, Liam Neeson plays Daniel. Some Academy Award and Golden Globe nominations on his resume as well. Uh, Known for Schindler's List, uh, Michael Collins, Les Misérables, Star Wars: Phantom Menace, Gangs of New York, Kinsey, Batman Begins, and the Taken series, which Taken One might be the most rewatchable movie. It's it's in the it's in a conversation for. Most we movie. Most we movie of all time. You got an hour and a half. You just want to watch someone, you know, kick ass and, and take names. Is and... there
1: is there a special feature in the DVD or Blu-ray? Might be, might be the Blu-ray where that's like a counter for the deaths, the death counter. If is there, there isn't, there should feature?
0: be. Yeah. If there isn't, there should be. <laughs> that movie's awesome. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not saying it's like, the, you know, the, it's the a greatest. fun film. <laughs> oh, it's so fun, it's so fun. Uh, Keira Knightley as Juliet also nominated for two Academy Awards. It's cast, again, crazy impressive. Star Wars Episode One. Bandit Like Beckham. Uh, In my opinion, her big break, at least for me, was Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, The Duchess, Jack Ryan, Shadow of Recruit, The Imitation Game, Colette. And I had to mention this, Joe. Do you know what she's rumored to be involved with? And you can talk about why this would be close to your heart if you want to, but you don't have to. No. She is rumored to be involved with a movie coming out about someone named, or someone nicknamed, the Boston Strangler. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have a date yet, but oh, wow, okay. Supposedly, it's. I mean, it's it's on IMDb, so I think it's they're at least close to getting getting to work on it.
1: I have a prime (laughs) purchase close to my heart. When I was when I was during the movie scene days, I made a YouTube video with that movie clips all spliced together with the music and with the little, little music videos It was very nerdy back then, very dorky i'm i still i still have a hidden in the depths of youtube that no one will ever find but it's, <laughs> it is still there so
0: i have a video hidden in youtube that no one will find because it's locked like only you can only watch like i think i have to send you the link
1: oh okay see mine's and... out, mine's out there but it's like specifically like it's under my name or anything it's like a, right. a specific <laughs> set so, of keywords
0: my wife and I went to a show for this guy, Alan stone a few years ago. and The whole premise of the show was it was like a karaoke show. Um, and so you could, it was a small crowd and you could get up and karaoke with Alan stone and, and his best friend. And she karaokeed uh, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody and I have it. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have the link. I could send it to you, Joe. She was, I've
1: seen it. It's awesome. It's oh so yeah. Good. Yep. But yeah, so, I think I have said to, uh, Tell Swift's love story. Just see so you all. See so you all. Gotcha. See so you all have that Edited, edit, edit that out. <laughs>
0: edit that out. It's I, I was... I'm embarrassed for you.
1: <laughs> so, I'm not. It's that's a good song. All right. um,
0: <laughs> and next up on the list, Edding's Alan Rickman. All <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Alan Rickman. Back to back weeks with with Alan Rickman. I know. School. Yeah. He plays uh, Harry, and you know him from Die Hard, which we just did last episode. Please download, listen to it. Um, robin hood prince of thieves michael collins dogma galaxy quest harry prada series and much much more we went over his resume last last week but just again one of my favorite actors ever
1: you know what's funny i have no problem with him murdering, murdering people and die hard but oh, when totally. there's a possibility of him cheating on his wife i was like oh what an asshole like we'll, get into, we'll
0: like get into that we'll get into that later <laughs> i know i agree <laughs> um Colin Firth brings more awards and, and nominations to this one. He plays Jamie. He was a member, of, I didn't know this was a thing, um, but he was a member of the Brit Pack in the 80s. It was kind of like the the Rat Pack, but in Great Britain. Um, just some rising stars in the UK at the time. He's known for the English, patient, English Patience, Shakespeare in Love, Bridget Jones Diary, The Importance of Being Earnest, Mamma Mia, A Single Man, and, and a million other more uh, impressive performances. Uh, Thomas Brody Sangster who looks like no one probably no one will listen to this except maybe if my brother listens to this episode he might get it but he looks like a famous submission grappler named Nikki Ryan um, that's what I think of when I saw him I was like oh wow but he's known for this Nanny McPhee Phineas and Ferb, Game of Thrones Queen's Gambit and more and a couple fun facts I don't know if you had this to mention later but he actually learned to play drums for this film which is pretty cool I didn't know that. That That's cool. And it seems kind of unnecessary because you can, the drums are like the easiest instrument to fake on film. Because if you just like sit behind them and you're like going like this, like they can edit in the music, but good for him. He also learned to play uh, bass and guitar left handed to portray Paul McCartney in Nowhere Boy. So all the respect in the world to Thomas Brody Sangster. He's he's going hard. So a couple more to mention. Andrew Lincoln plays Mark, but you probably know him as Rick from The Walking Dead. Laura Linney as Sarah, two golden golden globes, four primetime, nominated for three Academy Awards. You can count on me in 2003, Kinsey, The Savages, Primal Fear, Truman Show, Mystic River, the same year as this, uh, Squid and the Whale. And then fun fact about her, when casting the part of Sarah, writer and director Richard Curtis auditioned a great many British girls, but kept saying, I want someone like Laura Linney the casting director eventually snapped and said, oh, for fuck's sake, get Laura Linney then in Linney edition and got the part. So just the perfect fit, I guess. And then the last one I have to mention, and, I, and again, I know there's some people are going to say, Look, you didn't mention this guy, you didn't mention that girl, but uh, Martin Freeman, he was uh, in the original Office series. He uh, he was in the original Office series. He was also in Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The Hobbit, Black Panther. But like I said, this cast is crazy. I could talk for four hours and, and not get to everyone. So did you have anything down for uh, random facts, trivia, the more you know stuff?
1: Yeah, it's um. You just mentioned one with um the casting, which is I thought a really funny little like. Okay, you get what you you know you get what you want. Um,
0: speaking yeah, of Laura Linney. Person <laughs> yeah. And
1: speaking of Laura Linney, she said at one point that she wished her character didn't pick up the phone while Carl was in her apartment, and I disagree, Laura. I think that scene, I think her whole arc, which I'll get into, and the things I I would change. I think I wish I had more of her with her relationship with her brother, but I thought that was interesting. The airport greeting footage at the beginning and end of the movie is real. Writer and director Richard Curtis had a team of cameraman film at Heathrow Airport for a week. And whenever they saw something that would fit in, they asked the people involved for permission to use the footage. So again, really nice heartwarming footage to start and end the movie with. I thought this was great. Chris Marshall returned his paycheck to the scene where the three American girls undress him he said he had such a great it's time having three girls and dress him for 21 takes that he was willing to do it for free and thus return his check for that. So, all right, Chris. I have so- to mention,
0: <laughs> while you're talking about that, in this movie, the one thing that is fact <laughs> is if there's anyone, if there's any young men in uh, Great Britain, Ireland, <laughs> I know Scotland's part of the UK, but. Probably France too, but especially Great Great Britain and, and Ireland. Those accents. Yep. <laughs> Those uh, yep. accents. One hundred percent. If you he, that part of this movie is no exaggeration. So I was like, I, I had a friend of mine who he would fake a British accent, and now I, I have to say he's a good-looking kid, so um, that helps. But he was when he faked that British accent, he was like. And it was horrible. It was like, he sounded like, he was like, hello there, governor. He sounded like a chimney sweep or something, but it it worked. Girls loved it. So anyway, go ahead.
1: And I had one more. Knowing about Billy Bob Thorne's quite unusual fear of antique furniture, Hugh Grant would sometimes flash a piece of antique, which is abundant in England, in front of Thorne just before the cameras roll and watch him freak out in amusement, which is an interesting fear, but a fear nonetheless.
0: Yes. I, um, Billy Bob Thornton was like the perfect 100% like American you know what I mean? Like, and then like the secretary walks by and he like eyes are up and down and whatever. I was like, oh God, that's what people think of us. <laughs> yeah. But it's true, unfortunately, it true. Yeah, a lot I of guess, times.
1: And I didn't put it down, but one of the fun facts was I guess that a lot of people in England wanted to like say what Hugh Grant says to the president on in the spotlight um, which is one on an awesome speech. I, I, my favorite of the movie. I guess a lot of people deep down inside feel that way about America. And I'm like, I totally get it. <laughs> I totally get it.
0: I, I assume that the entire world hates us and I, and, and I wouldn't blame them. Right. So, um, so you took a couple of minds. That's good. But um, I had a few more to mention the idea from Mark. So as Andrew Lincoln, his surprise of the band singing, all you need to love at Peter's and Juliet's uh, wedding. Uh, so that's uh, Karen, Knightley's wedding came from Jim Henson's funeral which writer and director Richard Curtis attended, where all of the puppeteers brought their Muppets and sang a song, which is like a weird combination of heartwarming and like strange, you know what I mean? You have to, uh, Hopefully they read the room and they made the right call. I mean, they knew who was there probably, so. Also, uh, Andrew Lincoln, who played Mark, wrote the romantic cards. In 2013, Andrew reminisced about his climactic gesture in this movie with Entertainment Weekly and revealed, it is my handwriting. It's funny because the art department did it. And then I said, well, I can do it. Well, can I do it? Because I think that my handwriting is really good. Actually, it ended up with me having to sort, sort of trace over the art departments. So it's my handwriting with a sort of pencil stencil underneath. Um, and the last one I have is writer and director Richard Curtis was originally working on two movies, one about Prime Minister David, Hugh Grant, and the other about Jamie, who's Colin Firth. When the plots turned out to be so similar, he merged them into a single single movie.
1: Oh, it's interesting. I I, I think that. it would have been
0: better separate movies.
1: Oh, me too. That's interesting, though. How like he, how they started off with like a seed between those two and went to seven more people.
0: Yep. I think I think there's we'll get into this later, but I think there's just a little bit too much going on in this one, and yep, I think I could have dealt with like I like the story of the prime minister, although he was kind of a dirtbag. Like, but. I, I could have done, I think I could have processed it more if it was just like separate movies. But anyway, what about stuff that wouldn't fly in today, not PC, not in this millennium? You have anything? I had,
1: uh, so this movie came out in 2003 and it wouldn't fly in today's environment. And I don't know how it flew in this movie, but when the kids ran through the airport at the end of the movie, jumping off security, I'm like, I, I, you know, I was like, hold on, I, I I'm like, was this movie like two years after 9 11? I'm like, we're yeah. like throwing this shit out there.
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think it, people would people could see that today and not be offended but you would be would if you saw fly, that right? you'd be not, like that would never happen right. which i would i which i thought watching and it, today he no, would get yeah. shot
1: probably. yeah
0: it'd get tased <laughs> <Right>. beanbags <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but that's all yeah. then there's a couple of, like other jokes like i think those one sequence one they mentioned um a transvestite barbie and a you know, I think certain like small things here and there, but nothing really that, that wouldn't yeah, of.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. There's yeah. a lot of dirt bags in this one. Yes. Like, pretty much everyone in this movie is a horrible person, with the yeah. exception of a few. But there's nothing really that you couldn't put in a movie today. I don't right. think. Right. So what did you have down for your favorite scene?
1: Um, I love the relationship between the stepdad, Liam Neeson's character, and his son. I love the whole bonding between the two of them. Um I, it was nice because Everyone else had like this, for the most part, with the exception of the musician and the manager, but everyone had this like love interest or they're just showing how, like Eric was saying, how they're a crappy person. But this was just Liam Neeson's character trying to figure out life after his wife passing and him and his son trying to kind of bond and they bond over the son's love interest. So it's fun seeing them kind of work together and get that going. And then we find a little bit of a small piece of happiness at the end there with his character. I really like that relationship. Colin Firth had my favorite story. Um, I feel like that should have had a bigger focus, which we actually just mentioned. And the fact that it was originally its own story, it's kind of a tease, because he was the best part, and I, he should have had more screen time. Um, his scummy brother, and just kind of like him kind of like jumping ahead of time and not kind of having that be a bigger like conflict between the two of them. I think that like could have been a whole movie itself, um, but and yeah, I really liked Hugh Grant's speech about America. <laughs> because I felt like it was very fitting and it's very accurate. So I really enjoy that. Hugh Grant's story now is I he's very charming in this role, but he's also like Eric was saying, kind of I feel like he's an older gentleman in a position of power and you definitely shows. So while his love interest is a little problematic, I love the speech he gave. So
0: yeah, it it's it doesn't it's not as bad because he's a handsome dude, but so you don't, it's not as bad as if he was like an average looking 40 year old hitting on a 22 year old secretary or what was her position?
1: I can't remember. She was, oh, what was her position now? I can't remember now either. Uh,
0: yeah. They say it when she introduces him to, but anyway, introduces her to, but um, it, it's not as bad because, or it doesn't come off as bad because you're like, well, he's a good looking dude, but if he was like an average looking 60 year old, like fat, schlubby American, you'd be like, oh, dude, that's bad. Yeah, but they, I have did, to com- they did a right. good job of him keeping his hands on himself. I have to comment on, and I have a note of this later, but your love of Liam Neeson in this movie, and this is more of a knock on me, I think, than anything. I couldn't stand, not I couldn't stand, that's wrong. I was like, you were setting your kid up or your stepson up for a horrible life because he's like, you know, his son's like, oh, my crush is flying. She, their whole family's moving. They're, they're going back to America. Yeah. He's like, chase your, follow your dream, son. We can do that. It's like, he's like nine years old. She's nine years old. The family's moving. It's not her call. Like, don't set your son up and think that he's going to... And then you're letting him jump through TSA and <laughs> that's whatever. my right, father of the year, baby. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. My, maybe it's because well, my the dad Well, next was a like, sequel,
1: we need to send his son move to America to find the find the love interest.
0: Maybe it's because my father was just, like, too realistic with me growing up and just, uh, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, I never that, had a relationship
1: like that 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 they had with my father, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I remember one time when I was like, I think I was like 12 or something or 13, my dad was like, what are you gonna do when you grow up? And I was like, I wanna be a professional hockey player. And my dad was like, well, you're not good enough. So (laughs) this wasn't like, I was like 17, I was like 11. And my dad's like, well, you're not good enough so you better come up with a backup plan. I was like, okay, childhood over. Thanks pops, appreciate that. But my favorite scene, so I have two that I wanna mention, but I think my favorite scene is uh, the concert scene at the end. And I think the reason for that is the holidays are more for kids anyways, or this sort of thing is more for kids anyways. If you get a little bit of that, it was nice. It came to a quick and abrupt ending though. uh, And then we were reminded that the prime minister was preying on his much younger staff member. And then Alan Rickman's lovely wife confronted him about the horribly inappropriate behavior that he he had going on. Um, But for a few minutes during the concert, it was great. And I don't care what anyone says. All I want for Christmas is, is uh, by Mariah is a great song. I don't care if that makes me a bad person. I, I love that song. And then for Comic Relief, I also love the scene where Colin Firth kind of accidentally asks for the wrong daughter's hand in marriage from, from the father. And the father says he'll pay him to take her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was cracking up. And then when he finally is talking to the girl, I like how they put in the subtitles the broken... I was.
1: I mean, yes. I was just gonna <clears throat> mention that. I love the broken English.
0: Yes, and, and and her broken, her broken English and his broken Spanish. Yes. Like, I like that they were both trying, you know, and doing their best. But I thought that was a nice touch. That was probably my favorite little, little, little part of the movie. But um, would you have down for the soundtrack? I, I think this may be a reoccurring thing for me for Christmas movies, but I think it was the best part of the movie.
1: Yeah, I was a little mixed on it. Um, the soundtrack was by Craig Armstrong, who has he's done a lot of work with uh baz lerman with roman Juliet, um moulin rouge he's done fever pitch um great Gatsby. so he is he's he's done a lot of work and he's still active his most recent film is 2020 with the one only ivan the disney film um yes disney and i love the score like the theme he that plays throughout the movie i thought whenever it came on i was kind of like excited for what was gonna happen because you knew it's gonna be a build-up moment but some of the music, licensed music, it was a lot of I don't know, maybe it's like someone who loves Christmas movies. I love not having a whole lot of music other than Christmas music. Like here and there a few songs are good, but there was I felt like a good balance of songs that were Christmas related and that were Christmas related. Closure was a bigger focus on the Christmas songs, but I will say if I mentioned this in the past with Never Been Kissed, any movie that ends with the Beach Boys, I'm a fan of. So
0: that's it. You're 100 the youngest beach boys fan in ever except for maybe is your brother a beach boys fan he is okay so he's i guess he's got the title <laughs> but so if you could change one thing i'm going to start with i'm going to start this one so we both I have said, a, yeah i think we both agree with love this part i said earlier that i agreed with two of roger ebert's criticisms and here's the first this is a quote from his review This movie has to hop around to keep all these stories alive. And there are a couple I could do without. You're going to disagree with the couple that you want. So Um, I'm not sure we need the wordless romance between Colin Firth, a British writer, and Lucia Moniz, I don't know, pronounced that wrong, um, as a Portuguese maid who works in his cottage in France. Let's face it, the scene where his manuscript blows into the lake and she jumps in after it isn't up to the standard of the rest of the movie. So I disagree with the plot line that he would remove
1: right that part is cheesy though <laughs> that yes part is cheesy
0: <laughs> yes but i agree with there's just too much stuff going on like there's way yeah, absolutely they could have removed three of these yep. like three of these stories and i would have been fine with it yep. too many stories too many characters again you could pick and choose which one you like and don't like but i think everyone that's seen this movie would agree that you could take out a lot of it and it's a long it's like what is this like a two hour and it's two hours and movie.
1: 15 minutes yeah yeah
0: yeah unnecessary Well, yeah. what about you
1: same thing there's is this just too much happening i don't even know how the characters names i'm referring i keep referring to them as their actual ax names because i just can't keep up with all other characters in this one There. this um i think angel lincoln's love story is could be removed karen knightley's whole thing that could be all removed between like their little conflict hugh Grant's story while well, i i like the idea of you know him finding love as a prime minister. But I don't think, like you said, how that was handled with this young, new and upcoming, you know, secretary, or whatever. She's being like the one that he's like, kind of going after. Um, so a lot going on here. A lot could be removed. I think that one of the stories, for example, I wish had a little bit more of a spotlight was Lenny's story, Laura Lenny's story with her brother. Because in this one she's struggling to find love. And we have this different approach to a, personal problem where her brother is, he's a little more assistance. He's um, not independent, it looks like. And she she he's important to her. So she's constantly taking the phone call when he when he rings and he comes before anyone else. And I wish that had a little bit of a bigger spotlight because that could have been, again, a separate movie on its own. Um, and then, like I said, one of the more iconic scenes features Angela Lincoln holding the boards of paper up and watching it now it was not as charming as I remember it being because he was trying to steal his friend's girlfriend or friend's yep. wife. I'm sorry, friend's yep. wife. So it, is, it was cool back then. It was like really charming and cute, but man, watching it now, I'm like, yikes. <laughs> this is your best friend.
0: I think I would love to, there'd be no way to really do this study, but I would love to get a list of like, do a poll and be like, who loves this movie? Like, if you If you think that you love this movie, like it's great, sign up and give me your contact info and then contact the person and be like, what was your favorite part? I bet you 90% of them would say, Oh, that part when, when Andrew Lincoln's character, Mark holds up his signs Cause everyone's seen it online. You see the things on Instagram, you see the clip and then
1: don't get that context. <laughs> and then if you say,
0: would well, you remember who he was and who that girl was? I bet you no one remembers. Cause <laughs> I didn't. Right. So anyway, um, if you listen to the podcast before, are you, I'm sorry, we all set with.
1: Oh, I think, I think we got our uh, categories down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, but, uh, but I
0: mean with the, Okay, cool.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much like you said, there's too much happening. That's the biggest problem with This movie is too, too much happening.
0: All right, cool. So if you listen to the podcast before, you know that this is the part of the podcast where you give our score and we rate movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of uh, one is low. Maybe a stop watching it when you see uh, Andrew Lincoln filming his best friend's wife like with the creepy eyes at their wedding. All the way up to score of five, which is you're willing to keep the movie an extra day or two or three to watch again, pay the late fees, maybe even just buy it from the video rental store. Like we said earlier, this is kind of a, a team pick, but we agreed before we started recording that Joe was going to go first. So Joe, give me your score for Love Actually.
1: I give it a three. A Love Actually is not as good as I remember it being, but still pretty enjoyable. The cast is great. The cast is really, really good. Um, we have all these A-list actors who come together and they have separate storylines that eventually get intertwined at the end in a really cool way at a concert, which I, I I liked as well. But at the same time, there's just too many awful characters as well. So there's I feel like there are more bad people in this movie than there are good people, which is a problem when they're trying to make a romantic classic around Christmas time. Um, I think that the movie is... Way too long. Has too much happening. Too many too many stories that could have been broken up into separate movies or just removed entirely. But in the end, it's still an enjoyable film that I don't think I would rank as high as a lot of people do now. I think, like you said, if people watch it again right now for the first time in years, they might have a different opinion on it. But it's still really enjoyable and it's something I will re- revisit in the coming years, I'm sure.
0: So I mentioned earlier that there were two quotes from Roger Ebert's review that I wanted to talk about. I already did one of them. Here's the second one. There's another criticism from him that I agree with quote. I once had ballpoints printed up with the message. No good movie is too long. No bad movie is short enough. Love actually is too long, but don't let that stop you. I agree with that. Kind of, I think that I could let it stop me. I didn't, I didn't love this one. I didn't even like, like it a lot. It was too long. There were too many storylines, and because of that, I couldn't, and this is the biggest thing, it's not even, it's not even the length of the movie, it's that when there's so much stuff going on, I couldn't care either way about any of them, because you start to think like, oh, Liam Neeson and his stepson have a kind of cool relationship, and then you don't see them for 40 minutes. You see Colin Firth swimming in the lake with, with the, with his girl, and then you forget about them, because you don't see them, it feels like, for an hour. They ended up, I, I think, and I agree, I think you said this, I thought that they were like the least offensive subplot. I thought it was kind of pure. Yes, they speak different languages, but they seem to really just like each other. I like that one. So I disagree with Ebert on that, just in, in, as far as <clears throat> the part that I would remove. but and, and the stuff about Laura Linney's brother and his, I don't know if you'd call it like mental health or however you want to say it, it, it kind of bothered me. I think when you were talking about it, I agree. If they made enough of a focus of it that you got the whole story, I probably would have liked it. But in the amount that they, the amount that it gave you just, I just, it, I just didn't like it. Right. And, and everyone, like we said, everyone loves the end Mark holds up the sign and gets Juliet, but, or gets to kiss Juliet. But even that storyline is weird. It's his best friend's wife right. and they didn't even make his best friend. It would be way better if they made his best friend like a dirt bag or something.
1: Right. Exactly. His
0: best friend, seemed there wasn't anything that bad about him right like that i know and then anything? they end up
1: hanging out together at the airport in the end anyway it's not the airport wherever they are at the end of the movie they end up hanging out so it's like the fact right. that if they gave him a girlfriend at the end and like his character a girlfriend i'd be like okay you know maybe it's a little better but he still has a girlfriend he's still there looking it's creepy at... <laughs>
0: right. right and then alan rickman's a total dirtbag i know last yeah. week i was you know i'm still a, i'm still a huge fan of alan rickman as the actor but total dirtbag yeah um and even Liam Neeson, like I mentioned, putting his very own steps on in a tough position to be crushed and setting unrealistic unrealistic you know what? expectations.
1: That's how, you, that's how you teach him now. That's how you
0: teach him. Oh my God. I was like, son, don't listen to your stepfather. <laughs> the world is not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get the the big love for this one. I gave it a two and a half out of five. <clears throat> I have no desire. Two and a half stars out of five. I have no desire to, to really watch again if my wife wanted to watch it with me to relive memories of watching it with her ex-boyfriend, like she definitely must have, because I'd never seen this before. I would do it. But I I, like, I wouldn't talk someone out of watching it. But I I I, I didn't like it. The Christmas spirit helps. Um, but I don't know. Otherwise it would have been an even lower score without the Christmas music and the Christmas spirit. But yeah, this is I think this is a better movie than Mixed Nuts. But I have to say, when I consider how hyped up it was it was more disappointing. Right.
1: Because it makes sense we haven't heard of it before. <laughs> <to> it, <so.
0: laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So where's this movie? Like you can't, especially this time of year, you can't open up social media without seeing like something oh. about, you know, Mark holding up the signs and whatever. So anyway, the beer curiosity. though was good. Oh, go ahead.
1: What's your least <clears> favorite <throat> couple in this movie? Or least favorite, I guess, story.
0: Ooh, my least favorite story is um, Mark stealing, trying to steal his wife's his best friend's wife. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, mean, and then my second, well, it's probably a tie between that and Alan Rickman. Cause you know what? It might be the Alan Rickman thing. Because not only was Alan Rickman a total dirtbag, but his wife, played by Emma Thompson, seemed like an angel. Yeah. And she's beautiful too. I'm like, what are you doing? And Alan they have kids Rickman? and everything. Yeah. 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 And then, then the airport at the end, where like, he hugs his kids and he kind of gives her like the awkward, like friend kiss on the cheek sort of thing or whatever. I was like, Oh, that that was it. I think that was the worst, the worst. part.
1: Definitely between those two. We didn't mention it, but I I did enjoy the rock star um, story subplot as well. Kind of in a way where like his manager was like the one he really cared the most about. We didn't touch. We didn't talk about that enough, but I did like that little, that was just enough. I felt like I didn't need any more of that. I, but I, that was like a good amount of the rock star. The storyline,
0: that storyline was okay, but it just didn't fit in the movie. It was right, like, that's a thing, right? Yeah. But
1: I, 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 I like I said, if there was any more of that, I'd be like, okay, it's too much of this happening now.
0: But it's just like it's just like the British kid going over to America to use his accent to pick up girls. I like the it's funny, right? You can make a separate movie about that, but it had no place in this movie.
1: Right. Yep. It's, it was funny you brought up the whole things. I completely forgot about um karen knightley for a long portion of the film because we see them it's also like early on the wedding him recording the people and then he shows her the video
0: and it's and just then, like her said, face you
1: know, right then you'll see her for a little i know god damn well, like how do you show his best friend that Be like here's the footage i got it needs a little more editing though exactly <laughs> like what were you
0: going to do with that footage why i think we i think we know but i think we know yeah
1: but then you was like you said i completely forgot about her though i forgot that she existed as a character, until like four minutes later, we see her again. I'm like, holy shit, it's Karen nothing again. I forgot about her.
0: If you turn this down to just the prime minister and his love interest, maybe, maybe Liam Neeson and his and his stepson, and then maybe Emma Thompson and um, Alan Rickman. Even though that was bad, I think I could. Oh, oh no, no, no. Um, instead of I want to remove the Alan Rickman thing and I want to add in the Colin Firth.
1: Yeah, no, I, I those would be great stories for sure. And because again, this is a Christmas film, you want to be happy. I don't want to see Alan Rickman getting like cheating on his wife, and then and then them not kind of like being where they were before this all happened. For Christmas movie, here's, it's it's like one of those things where it's like I just want it to be I want it to be a, a I feel good movie. I feel like a feel good movie going into it, but it was not in the end.
0: <laughs> Here, here's one other thing I'll say about the Laura Linney thing. So Laura Linney is a beautiful woman, right? But like they paired her with like a guy that looked way younger, and he looked like he was like a model or something. Do not get me wrong, Lauren Lynn is a beautiful woman. She they should have put her with someone like Liam Neeson, like some handsome, yeah, you know, like guy her age or around her age. I thought that was weird too. That it was like she's like it was almost like a uh, I don't know. I didn't like that.
1: Yeah. And again, they're send off. It's just like, they just say to each other and that's it. Like she of all people deserve a little bit of a victory. I feel like them with what she does with her personal life and everything, right. she was up right. to victory and she didn't get it. So like, there are right. some things that just didn't really feel right about this one. Right.
0: All right. Well, so anyway, the beer, both beers that I had were good. I had old Fezziwig and then I'm just finishing up holiday white ale. I think they call it now for some Sam Adams. Both good. Uh, Joe, how was yours? The harpoon is great. The winter good. warmer. It's really, really yep. good. Follow us on Instagram. Worth a late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back next week, and um, this it's like is not, this be, like not a
1: joint one. I feel like we talked about this before. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a little bit of a, a team pick, and uh, I'll let Joe introduce it. But it's going to be our last uh, holiday movie of 2021. So, Joe, what a, tell are watching?
1: We're going to be ending it with It's a Wonderful Life. So
0: you're my star. It's a
1: classic. So it's no, it no, classic. the film we'd end it on.
0: Yep. So. We'll be back next week with It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, thank you guys very much for listening and have a good night.
1: Yeah, as always, thank you.